comprise 29% of Canada's manufacturing workforce for the past 40 years. But representation is gradually increasing as key industry players lead the change on gender equity. In an effort to show the ongoing efforts to dismantle the barriers that prevent or even discourage women from entering the industry, the Women in Manufacturing podcast will feature conversations with industry trailblazers who will share their career advice and real life experiences, recommend actions companies can take to recruit women and advance them in their careers, and so much more. My name is Alana Ferry, and I am the host of the Women in Manufacturing podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Ren Scott, founder and chief designer at Daily Goods Design Labs and product design innovation and strategy at Mayant. Ren, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for the invitation. Really happy to be here. I'm really happy to have you here as well. So Ren, if I were to ask what a day in the life of looks like for you and in your current roles, what would you tell me in terms of your day-to-day tasks? So um, I'm the founder and chief designer of a company called Daily Goods Design Labs, and we're a product design, research, and innovation consultancy based in Toronto. And I would simplify what we do into three things. Um, First, we consult, uh, we make, we make our own signature products, and we also educate. So from a consultancy perspective, our typical role is to help individuals or companies work through a design process from start to finish. We work with startups, so tiny startups, individual designers, and we also work with large organizations. And in many cases, we help them evaluate their current or future product ideas to see where they can improve or pivot based on what the market wants and needs. As an example, like this past year, I've worked with uh, Mayant, And part of my role was to help lead and um, develop the design team that they had, or have, I should say. (laughs) So if you haven't heard of Mayant, it's a textile computing manufacturing company. And we've been building a platform that includes garments, um, which you can also refer to as wearables. And these are designed to help people connect themselves to their bodies, to each other, and to the world around them through connected garments. So the team that I've developed has uh, is including industrial designers, uh, user experience designers and researchers, and really special to the team is the fact that it also includes um, data visualization experts. And so what would you say is really your favorite thing about working at, for, at a daily, daily goods design labs and as well as your, your consultancy work with Mayant? So I would say my favorite thing is the variety of clients and people that we work with. Um, You know, a common thing with our clients is this desire to use, um, you know, design to make an impact. So we use what is referred to as a human-centered design process um, and a design thinking process method and mindset. And design thinking is all about starting and thinking about people that you're designing for. And more and more, I'm finding people interested in the design process and a desire to be directly involved within it. And the result of working in this way is that any product that you create will actually be you know, better in the long run for the people that you are designing it for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when you look back on your career and even to where you are right now, what would you say has really been the project that you worked on that you're the most proud of? So looking back, I'd actually say it's a project that I worked on with Bombardier. 
and it is a product called um, TrackSafe. And it's truly an Internet of Things project. Um, TrackSafe really has three purposes. It provides warning for people, for the you know rail workers as the train approaches. Mm-hmm. It also provides um, access to the right of way or and to rail control, which the right of way is you know the the entry pass in which the rail workers will go down to the the rail. And it also offers real time position, helping them understand when the, where the train actually is. Oh wow. So this project was really a chance to learn about an industry and people that one doesn't typically have access to. Like I, I would never have guessed that I would have the opportunity to, um, you know, work on a, a project that would impact, you know, people that work on the rail. So it was, you know, it's a real world problem to solve in terms of, uh, you know, worker safety and, uh, you know, truly an opportunity to make a difference for them. Uh, and, you know, so that was one project, um, you know, another one, which I mentioned Daily Goods Design Labs, we also, one of the th- things that we do is we look to, you know, kind of educate and enable others with design. And so one of the key projects we've done this past now couple years would be activations at the, the Science Centre. So activations is what public institutions such as the Science Centre call events. <laughs> So we've hosted on a few occasions, large scale drop in uh, design activities for visitors. And the average age of these is typically four to 10 years of age. But these kids uh, come with, you know, young families and grandparents. Mm -hmm. And the really fun thing that we observed, uh, you know, kind of hosting these is that the activity allows the, you know, the kids to work with their parents and with their grandparents. So it's this, you know, idea that they can, you know, the activity works across the ages. And though, of course, the level of tech savviness differs, (laughs) that the, uh, you know, the kids, parents, grandparents, they come up with devices, future, um, you know, wearables and transportation ideas that represent what could and will exist in the future. So it's been, you know, super exciting to see how the young, you know, kind of teaches the old, but also how the, you know, the older, especially the the grandparents are, you know, kind of key to helping the kids see, you know, how to potentially craft a prototype. It reminds them perhaps of things that they did in the past. And in, in a lot of cases, specifically for the adults, that they'll talk about how the activity, because um, we also frame it within, um, you know, designing for people. So, you know, who who do you want to design for? What does the person want to need? And so it shows them kind of in themselves this idea that they can be creative and they can be innovative. But, you know, key is that it highlights that they can take an active role actually designing something for the future. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there's a lot of education at the root of all the pro- these projects that you've worked on that you're very proud of. Yeah, I would say so. And a key thing that I find in my consulting and also, you know, my work with with Mayant, because I do, um, you know, the team that I've led has a lot of young designers. So, you know, regardless of where people are at in their career, that there's a, you know, mentoring and guiding Um, you know, helping them understand the role that they can play within the team, but also the role that they have to help, you know, educate and and guide others through a design process. Mm -hmm. And in, in, um, you know, most cases for the clients um, that I have is, you know, I'd mentioned that there is, people are becoming more and more and more aware of what good design is or the potential of how that can make an impact in the products that they 
are creating. So, um, you know, a key part of my role is always to help people understand, you know, what is it that they, you know, what do they need in order to be successful in a product, but also the guiding them through the experience from start to finish. And, um, you know, most specifically how to engage with the people that they're designing for so that they can actively, you know, design, um, test, and then reiterate on their product ideas so that as they move towards launching a product that it's been tested and, you know, validated, but, you know, mostly that it's been um, guided by the feedback of the, the people that we're designing for. Mm -hmm. And would you say that that's really what drew you to a career in this industry? Um, I think that was something that I that I discovered that I really like about design is the aspect of, I mean, I'm, I'm keen to always design things that are help help people in their everyday lives. Um, you know, certainly from, I'm, you know, super interested in health and wellness um, to create things that help people, you know, navigate through the city safely to help people stay connected and, and social, especially now with the pandemic. This is a, a key theme that resonates with me. Um, I think what really drew me to the, the field would be more of the aspect of um, making and creating and then, you know, discovering that by doing that, that I could, you know, help people um, and the result of, you know, kind of getting feedback and seeing how, you know, things that I created did also help them, you know, be more connected, um, be happier, make their lives easier. And, you know, the more and more that I pay attention to that as a driver in terms of making a product successful, I think also the the happier that I will be in, in any role as well. It's like if I if I can't do that or I don't see the impact in what I'm making that I find that my uh, my time just doesn't really feel well well spent. Mm -hmm. And is this something that you studied in school to prepare for? Uh, I grew up in a small town in northern Alberta. So my frame of reference really for design would be, you know, people working in newspapers or, um, you know, tradespeople. Uh, my dad was a welder. So that in itself, you know, showed me how someone could craft and create things that that didn't exist because he you know, was really inventive in terms of the types of um, products and, you know, things that, that he would design on a, on a personal level. And, you know, so I think that that, that itself was, was part of it. But to go specifically back to your question, I mean, in terms of what I studied, I studied graphic design, visual communication. And so that would be based on kind of like roles and jobs that I was familiar with based on, um, you know, where I lived and also, you know, the internet was really a new thing then. So I didn't have access to the kind of larger scope of jobs that exist now. So um, I transitioned then to, you know, over time after working at a, a startup company that got bought by IBM was really where I had my start within the world of user experience. And after graduating from the Royal College of Art in London, doing my master's in interaction design. Upon coming back to Canada um, was when I, I then had the opportunity through just people that I'd worked with before to then connect with um, a team that was working at BlackBerry. And they were at that time, so some time has passed since then, but at that time they were uh, transitioning what was a black and white BlackBerry to color. And so my role was to help, um, you know, visualize the user experience, 
and also help develop the, uh, you know, icons, um, visual affordances and so on. And so that was really where I'd say I learned how to be a, a designer that was working not with just, you know, software, but hardware. Uh, the, the masters that I did at the Royal College focused on garments and wearables and, you know, all the things that I created then. I mean, that was in 1999, 2000. And one, so all of these are, you know, concept ideas or were concept ideas. And I would say only now would those ideas be things that are coming to fruition in terms of, you know, sensors and actuators being incorporated into textiles that could read, you know, your, your health and wellness. So they would be able to sense the body, your temperature, your respiration to then show you how you could either better take care of yourself or to communicate to others that were caring for you, that you kind of needed that um, connection. So I think that, that that in terms of, you know, how, how time has passed, that would be where I originally kind of learned or were, were, were really, was really exposed to the idea of, you know, integrating software, hardware into devices, but also the potential for, um, these things to be connected with, you know, the everyday objects or garments that you wear to communicate to then actually become a product idea or service. And, you know, it really seems like from, you know, your schooling and your career leading up to now, you've had a very varied portfolio and you've had a lot, you were exposed to a lot of very different people and ideas. And so I'm just curious about, you know, what mentorship was like for you as you started out and if uh, you still have any uh, mentors today that are still guiding you throughout your career? I would say like I, I didn't, which I think actually is super important for young designers is to seek out and have designated mentors. Uh, I wouldn't say that I had those. I would, I mean, I have a few people like Val Valerie Fox as an example, who was ex executive director at the Digital Media Zone and has her own now company. Um, Pivotal point. Uh, she it was, you know, someone became a, a good friend, and you know, at the time in the company that I worked with was a, a colleague. It's a company that got bought by IBM, and she was creative director there. So that would be, I think, someone that kind of influenced my work, or you know, kind of like provided support and, and guidance. Mm -hmm. But um, otherwise, in terms of a key feature, a key person, I, I wouldn't say that I've had that throughout my career in terms of a continual. Uh, but I do actively now uh, host a series of events throughout the year. There's one called Women That Make, Create and Innovate. So I look to, you know, bring bring community together, uh, you know, and specifically in, in those events, there's a lot of younger designers that will come together and, you know, kind of like reach out to, you know, to others. But I find that, you know, kind of maybe it's just the, the way that we work or the way that we're socialized in Canada, you know, like companies or countries such as Germany, where, you know, mentorship and guidance is kind of part of the work culture is, is something that we, you know, we really kind of as an individuals and organizations need to kind of set the stage or set up precedence to, to say, you know, link, link yourself with other people and, you know, those that can influence or guide you on a continual basis, regardless of, you know, staying with or within a company, because I think it's super important. Mm -hmm. And something that I feel like a lot of people will forget, 
especially when they're just starting out in their career. I feel like a lot of people are focused on finding a mentor, finding someone to guide them and tell them how they should be doing things that often people forget that how important it is for themselves to be a mentor and to guide someone else. And so I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't recognize very early on in their career. Oh yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I would say that, uh, it's it's certainly something you know I I haven't been at BlackBerry now since 2013 and and since that time I've been you know sort of actively looking to engage at different points of the year with the design community um, you know specifically for women within design because I found that you know kind of leading by example has not felt like it's enough because the um, you know the need for younger designers and I would say not just not just women but because I, I I have many students that or that they were students who graduated now from you know um, universities such as you know OCAD and and Humber in particular because I'm in Toronto but you know men men and women that I I do actively mentor and ones that stay in touch with me and I've you know really you know told them to please you know please do that for you know for me to stay connected with them, but also to you know provide this idea of mentorship because I you know I believe it's yes women themselves need to have other women guide them so they know what's possible, but also you know the the younger men or even um, you know more senior men in, in positions too. It's like really that, um, you know, they need to bring more awareness to this idea of, you know, women in design, but men that support them and kind of this, you know, the role that we all play together and the responsibility that we all have to kind of, you know, help those that are trying to, you know, emerge as young designers into more senior ones, but to have that, the mindset of mentorship, but also the, the mindset of, you know, how can they help in their own way with this idea of, you know, diversity, inclusion, and cooperation throughout um you know design process but really through throughout their careers mm -hmm. and i love that you brought up the role of women and you know on you know kind of bridging off of that do you still find challenges in your role with regards to your work and you know especially with in regards to being a woman working in a traditionally male dominated field yeah i would say so 100 percent um you know and it some of it will surprise me based on <laughs> the things that we hear in the news and the, um, you know, the recognition of the need, especially during the pandemic, it's not just been about women at design, but, you know, women and women at work, women and families. I mean, the pandemic has impacted women in, in many ways from, you know, young to old. And the thing that it's really highlighted is, you know, we, we do hear, you know, like, like Black Lives Matter, but you know, more so within my own um, work is really the emphasis on the type of data that is being captured, um, you know, by, by, you know, data captured for, for people. But, you know, to date, primarily, it's been captured on white, white males. Um, but to be more, you know, more specific and broader in terms of what I'm trying to say is that the, you know, we, we, we have learned as, as women that we can have our own bias as well. And when we look at, you know, the need to design or, you know, kind of, you know, look at, look at the market broader, it's, you know, it's racialized, you know, Asian, black communities, senior women, um, you know, women or women people 
that are disabled and, and elderly, I mean, in many cases that are overlooked in terms of the, uh, the types of things that we're creating, mm -hmm. but also that the, the data that's being captured is not representative of each of these types of communities either. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, you know, when you look at these barriers that you faced through in your career, what, what would you say that you did to overcome them? Uh, I would say it was for the in terms of overcoming those the biases would really uh, again it was more of you know how, how, uh, myself becoming more aware so doing some research seeing what exists uh, you know seeing how I could use those examples to share with others so that they became aware as well I mean I think within the design community uh, manufacturing I mean that you know anyone that's within this world of, you know, trying to create for others, you know, typically we, we try to make a difference we try to make impact and, and that typically it's, it's simply that people aren't aware. So the more that we can share, you know, kind of collaborate across industries, I think the more that we'll see change that's, that's happening. I mean, if anything, you know, we are now primarily all working more remotely. So there can be even more kind of isolation and silos created. But if we look to turn that around in terms of saying, okay, we are, we're working, you know, remotely, but we are connected through, of course, the internet. So in this way, we can reach out to resources and individuals that are all across the world that can have, you know, a larger scope of awareness and perhaps information and capability that we can tap into. And that would be what I'd say is the biggest, um, you know, positive from the pandemic is that it's shown us that though we are, you know, at home for the most part, many people working is that we do, and the, you know, others are too in other countries, and, but there's not this biggest, as big of a barrier in terms of physical location that there used to be in terms of the possibilities of things that we can do together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because this COVID-19 uh, pandemic that we're all currently still going through, it certainly has inspired a lot of change in across a number of different industries and in terms of how we he go about doing doing this kind of work but you know COVID-19 aside um, have you noticed any other changes to the industry you know now compared to when you first were starting out? Yeah a hundred percent I mean certainly in terms of you know capabilities so the um, you know companies that I've been working with such as Mayant we see you know, how now we're able to incorporate sensors and actuators into the things that we wear and carry. So this is super exciting as wearables are, you know, they, they can monitor health and wellness, and this is becoming really possible. So we can design, um, you know, in the case of uh, Maya, it's bra, underwear, and tank top that is able to, um, you know, measure health and wellness of a person that could be a senior or someone that has, you know, cognitive or physical impairment. So, you know, the fact that they can then also connect with someone, you know, through their mobile phone means that we can connect people together that, you know, regardless of their, their physical location. So I think that in itself in terms of, you know, what exists now versus what existed when I first started my career where, you know, I could only imagine those types of products, but I couldn't actually realize them mm -hmm. as a, uh, you know, as a, as a physical thing that existed in the real world. So that itself is, is possible. 
And I think, you know, uh, um, you know, regardless of the pandemic, you know, things that have changed is, is also this aspect of, you know, people realizing that you know, from an end consumer user perspective is that they can and they, they do want something that's well designed so that they, they do ask for more, they expect more. And that with that in mind, people, you know, will look at, you know, how do we actively make something that's useful? How do we actively test and engage with other people? Mm-hmm. And that is uh, certainly a, a, b- a bigger change that I've noticed because, you know, I don't know, I'd say even three to five years ago, we would still have people more likely to, you know, put up the things with things that didn't necessarily work as well and accept that because they hadn't seen something that was, you know, kind of better to change their expectation. Mm-hmm. And kind of branching off that question, um, have you see- noticed any uh, change in the industry with regards to uh, women working in the industry and holding uh, leadership roles? Uh, I would say the, you know, a few a few examples. Um, you know, pandemic has has increased the amount of, you know, for younger women with young families, and um, you know, women that are racialized or, you know, Asian or black communities. I mean, these, you know, like the, the roles that a lot of these women have are within the service industry or hospitality. And so those jobs are kind of, you know, on hold, of course they'll come back again, but we've, we've seen a reduction in, in the, the roles or jobs that are available for women. So in those cases, uh, you know, not a opportunity for leadership or not an opportunity to, grow. So I, I would say on a positive side, the, you know, the recognition for the need or the aspect of companies being aware to develop and actually have women in those roles. I, I mean, I, I strongly believe in that, you know, hire the best people for a role based on experience. But if there isn't, a, you know, an active attention on developing women into those roles or, you know, an awareness that they don't exist within that thread of, you know, or theme of industry, then of course you can't hire them into that role. So I think kind of part to what you were mentioning before is, you know, aspect of mentoring and guiding for, you know, the young and the old to kind of recognize that need. And and really only then will we see any drastic change or, or, you know, kind of more moving the needle towards where we may ideally be at with that. Mm -hmm. And Ren, what advice would you give for women in the industry who are looking to advance to leadership positions or more senior roles? So advice would be, you know, find, find people that support you, you know, be accountable to them and vice versa. I mean, I really liked what you were talking about earlier where, you know, like the, you know, younger or, you know, regardless of where you're at in your career, I think we can all use a mentor or some more friends. And, um, you know, I think that this is something that I, you know, will need even myself to check in on in terms of, you know, I'd say, you know, successful in hosting events and, you know, reaching out, but these, you know, events are, are something that I do on a, a personal level. So, Though I'd love to do more, it's not sustainable in terms of just, um, you know, from a financial perspective. So I kind of, you know, provide this as a a message to myself and the role that I can and and need to play for others. But, 
you know, I think also putting that out there to people that might be listening to this as a podcast to say, you know, how can we actively work together? And, you know, if there's partnerships and or sponsorship that can help with this need as an actual initiative that I, you know, I'd love to, you know, learn more about that because it is something that we, we really need in order to advance to leadership positions and, and more senior roles. That was so wonderfully said, Ren. Thank you. And before I let you go, um, is there anything that you want to add about work working at a daily goods design labs or in the industry that I haven't asked you about that you'd like me to know about? So kind of continuing on just what we were talking about. So daily goods design labs, we're, we're looking for partners, collaborators, investors in the product and concept ideas that we're, we're working on. Uh, we're currently working on a variety of concept ideas that range from some that focus on designing for women and their life stages. So health and wellness, um, you know, mental well-being. And another that we're, we're looking at how people interact with and within connected and autonomous vehicles. So, you know, future transportation, wearables and devices. There's so many interesting things going on in, in that space. So that's, a, you know, one, one area that certainly I'd love to learn and connect with others that are interested in that space. And, you know, lastly, we're, we actively share out our design process. So you, you mentioned kind of the strong theme of, of education. And we're, uh, you know, based on pandemic or as a result of the pandemic, we're looking to, um, we're sharing on a different channel, such as Clubhouse. We have a human-centered design club. So for those that are on the Clubhouse app, love to connect with people there. So lots of opportunities to stay in touch and collaborate with us and, you know, really love to, um, you know, learn more about others and connect to, to make further impact through design. Mm-hmm. I'm on Clubhouse, so I'll give you a follow. Right on. Love to see <laughs> you there or hear you there. <laughs> yes, you'll, you'll definitely hear me. <laughs> Ren, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really enjoyed getting to know you and to sit, to learn more about your development throughout the industry. And I, I'm so excited to see what else you achieve and I'm rooting for you. Thanks, Alana. Really appreciate your feedback and enthusiasm to, to talk through all of these ideas. Thank you for tuning in to the Women in Manufacturing podcast. For more episodes, please visit womenincanadianmanufacturing.com. Mm-hmm.